This is Aural Spaces with Stoya and Mitch, brought to you by Riffopolis Network at riffopolis.com. R-I-F-F-O-P-O-L-I-S dot com. This episode is kind of a two-parter. In the first part, it was just before Stoya left for Helsinki. And, um, you know, it was all right, but we were both distracted and there was some lulls in conversation. So uh, I cut that out and sort of cut the best parts out of that to keep, but it wasn't enough for a full episode, especially after having gone so many weeks without one. Um, so the second half is checking in with Stoya while she's in Belgrade after Helsinki. So there you go. Enjoy and please visit live.zerospaces.com and, uh, you know, let us know where you're at and uh, maybe we'll do a tour there. All right. Enjoy. Getting ready to do some traveling, are you? Getting ready to travel. There's Helsinki, which we almost did together, but they didn't book it in quite enough time. And then Belgrade for vacation. Next year. That would be awesome, I think. I'll know I'll know after next week whether it would be awesome to do it (laughs) next year or not. I'll report back. Yeah. Who knows what they'll think if they're like, no, this is this is a one and one and done situation. What is Wonderlust, right? Is the is the event? Yes. And, and yeah. what is it? I mean, it was hard to tell from reading it. It looked like it was like a series of workshops and orgies. Is that I think I think that's what it is. And some screenings. Hmm. Yeah, see, I would love to go to that. Icelandic Orgies sounds like, uh, I mean, not only just a great name for a band, but it also sounds like a whole lot of fun. <laughs> okay, then you're off to Belgrade? Belgrade, yep. Um, in Serbia for um, think 11 days. And, and what's the uh, purpose of that trip? Vacation and sort of learning the language a little bit. Oh, okay. That was the uh, one of the times you were out there. You were uh, on a on a tabloid cover for running around drunk or something. Did I have that right? Um, no, it was so I'd been in I'd been in Greece with these like journalists, and I tweeted I'm in Exarchia, and there are all these like people talking politics over or like economics over my head and I'm drinking Rocky or Rocky and that's like that? it's sort of like grappa <laughs> like when when Italians make it they call it grappa and when Greeks make it it's called Rocky um and then I think in Turkey it's Raku Okay. But um, so then the next day I was in Belgrade and I was drinking with these movie people and I was like and now on Twitter, and now I'm in Belgrade drinking Rakia, and the tabloid, um, apparently, what, what somebody told me, one of the covers said, or one of the articles said, um, Stoya visits homeland drinks like a man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just sort of amazing. <laughs> you don't have a copy of that anywhere? I don't, oh. which is a giant shame. If anyone listening has that, please do scan it or take a photo of it or something for us. I want a T-shirt that somehow says that. Right? Oh, my God. Even if it's in a language I can't read, that would be fine. 
I mean, I feel like we own a company. We could we could make that happen. Yeah, that's why it'd be neat to actually have the article or like you know the the lead or something like that. It would be more. I mean, you could recreate it, but it's a little more fun if it's like actually from the magazine. True. Very true. I wonder what licensing would be like. That. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I always have to ruin all the fun. I'm like, but the practicality <laughs> of the situation. Stoya has gotten so lawyerly in her recent days. 2017 has been the, the year of, well, let me see what the lawyers say. <laughs> Basically, it's the problem is if you don't do it their way the first time and then something goes wrong, then you're going to do it their way the second time and pay more. Yeah. And if something screwed up the first time around, you're probably going to have to pay for somebody else's lawyers who came after you for it. So, yeah. oh, quite possibly. Um, so you like really want to you really want to check with the lawyers and be like, hey guys, well, you got any feelings on this? I saw your uh, on your Instagram. You posted a photo of of a of a cover of something in Ser- Serbia that was like a photo of you in like a dress or something. And apparently the headline read politicians are the real whores. And it was like biggest whores. Oh, the biggest whores. <laughs> was that a quote from you that they were quoting? I have no idea. Not that I recall, but also I wouldn't be surprised if I turned out to have said something like that. And I just, who knows? Okay, let's get to stuff. The the hot, I'm sure you've heard about this or you haven't been on Twitter at all. Um, it's it's in all the it's in all the tweets. <laughs> the Alamo Draft House women's only screening of Wonder Woman. Have you heard about this? Oh God, no! So the Alamo Draft House wanted to do a female only screening and will be doing a female only screening of Wonder Woman. No male staff even. The projectionist, the concession stand, the ticket taker, everyone in the theater will be a woman. They say anyone who is a woman or identifies as a woman is welcome to come. Um, as you can imagine, men Who's got pissy. suing them for discrimination? No one's suing them. It's just a lot of butthurt men screaming and yelling about them. It's, Somebody told me that butthurt was a homophobic term. Hmm. I, I, guess, I guess that's one way to look at it. I kind of always thought of like a child throwing a temper tantrum in their chair. Me as well. You know, they get up real quick. They slam their butt down over and over again. Like, I don't wanna. And that would hurt your butt. You'd get butt hurt. Do we, is there another... There's a bee in these men's bonnet. Perhaps. Because, <laughs> you know, why not emasculate them a little bit? So, yeah, anyway, the um, they were going to just do one screening like that. And they've decided to do multiple because men are so upset about it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, seriously, like all fucking for like three days, it's been like all I've seen on Twitter is mostly like people I follow getting into arguments with um, be in their bonnet men about this. Oh my God. Um, I mean, the thing is, is that must, that would probably, that, that would be awesome, you know, for 
I don't know. It's one of those. I so like I, I kind of want to see that, but obviously I'm not allowed, and that's fine. I'm not, you know. <laughs> but I like that idea a lot of just like a bunch of women can come together and see a film, and they don't have to worry about dudes for a night, and that's cool. I don't know. Yeah. I think that is cool. I'm sure, of course, somebody's grumpy about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. All proceeds are going to Planned Parenthood. So really, it's all. The, That's all, awesome. It's all the reasons you need to support a thing like this. Okay. Oh, I. Uh, that reminds me. I bought something that all the proceeds of went to Planned Parenthood. What is it? I have it because you know, you know, tote bags. In the '80s, I feel like everybody was was like, get a free tote bag when you blankety blank. Mm. And I, all my life, I was like, who wants a fucking tote bag? But now, because of grocery stores out here, you know, in the plastic bag policies and stuff like that, you need a tote bag when you go grocery shopping. Yes. It's good to have one. So I, I was I got this tote bag. I'll show you it on camera and then I will read it to you. It says, I went to Planned Parenthood and all I got was a breast exam, a pap smear, physical exam, STD testing and treatment, information and counseling about my sexual and reproductive health, cancer screenings, a pregnancy test, prenatal services, and access to affordable birth control. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? Um, Power and Light Press is where I got that. I think they're still making them, actually. I should probably uh, put the link. I'll put the link on Riffopolis powerandlightpress.com if you want to get your own little tote bag they raise $80,000 for Planned Parenthood with that tote bag that's awesome so good stuff where do you come down on this um, Alamo Draft House thing oh I think it's great that they're doing it I think it's sort of annoying that anybody's even giving the men who are upset about it the like time of day um but whatever, I I wouldn't go, but that's because I don't particularly like movies or like sitting still for that long. Mm. I got you. If it were a different kind of event, though, you'd be like, hell yeah. Possibly. Yeah. I think female female only spaces can sometimes become their own kind of weird. Um. Especially in like this bizarre to me way where like sometimes if something sexual starts to happen, then it pretty immediately turns into this strange like lesbian slumber party fantasy that unsettles me. Because I'm like, this is not how life works. Like, why is there a writhing pile of women over there? But whatever. I feel like I'm going to need an example or like (laughs) there's a story here somewhere. And I'm not just like, please tell me a lesbian fantasy story. I'm There's a friend of mine who will remain unidentified. (laughs) Who sometimes has these parties and it's all a bunch of women. And after the first few the parties started ending in like a giant pile of women making out with each other. Hmm. <laughs> and it, to me, like I would like look at it and go, this looks exactly like work to me because it looked exactly like work. <laughs> You're like, where's the cameras? Nobody's getting paid. This production is a mess. 
Right. I'm like, this is the kind of, you can't talk about this in public. Like, no one's going to believe it happens. Whatever. <laughs> There's a new study pu- published in the Journal of Sex Roles, which I didn't know was a thing. But now I want to be part of that journal somehow. Um, And it explores the evolution of the quote-unquote bromance. Surprisingly, I thought they were just using a clickbaity title. Mm -hmm. But apparently in the actual journal, it it constantly uses the phrase bromance. Oh, wow. So um, this is – I'm reading not from the article but from the uh, report in the journal – This is an exact quote here. They were clear that a bromance offers a deep sense of unburdened disclosure and emotionality based on trust and love. Said with no irony or winking or anything else like that, which is kind of interesting. So not just a term, but like perfectly acceptable to use in a scientific literature. So there you go. I wonder how quickly new words are developed in academia or like adopted in academia. Hmm. Where's the ex- – got to get some experts on this show more often. <laughs> right? Uh, like, yes. We need to pick your brain and we have a thousand questions. We don't want to sound dumb. We'll start, we'll start picking up steam with the guests and then we'll go from there. Yeah. If you're a um- – Sex researcher? Is that a health ed- specialist? I, I don't even know the right phrase to use. It's um, usually your department. Sexuality person studying? Scholar? Yes. Of sorts? Yes, a scholar of sexuality. If you're a scholar of sexuality and you would like... To scholar things for its God, I had I had it all. <laughs> <laughs> I lost it all when blacked first, out. Summer's night. First three words together, it was going great, and then it fell apart again. So. <laughs> well, the the basic of basics of the of the report are that uh, more and more men are finding the the benefit of a of a essentially. Kind of like a, a romantic relationship that they would have with a partner of the opposite sex, but with their own sex, um, and not a sexual one. It's kind of romantic, but you know, and to some degree intimate. But there's no physical um, sexual counterpart. Uh huh. And uh, I think that's great. And I, I'm just – I don't know. When I was reading the article, it was like I was both kind of swelling with pride in my fellow man and also a little bit sad, I guess, because that doesn't seem novel to me in my life. Um, that's the kind of relationship I have with almost all of my guy friends. I mean if I don't have that kind of relationship with them, then not, they're, they're like acquaintances really. I get the impression that that's rare. Yeah, that's the impression I'm getting too from from reading this article. I was like, oh, I must be in the minority on that one, and that's unfortunate. But you know, that is. I, I like I like anything that sort of uh, pushes back against you know toxic masculinity and things like that. Um, it's so freeing. 
<laughs> it's so freeing to break those shackles. It's difficult as fuck, though. I will absolutely admit that. Um, it's 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 a lifelong battle um, against the against masculinity, against the, the change and stuff like that. I'm still, you know, there's still dumb moments in my life, just where I'm like, you know, I've got I've got to be a dumb man person right now. Like, <laughs> it just happens. Being a straight man sounds very intense. <laughs> It has its moments, yes. And then they take away our Wonder Woman screenings. <laughs> First, it starts with, I don't know. Mitch, don't even joke like that. Did we talk about the Tits and Sass article? Yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about that one. Okay, so uh, I feel like we're on the same page here. You and I have agreed that we, we found the definitive... So far, definitive article on the Hot Girls Wanted Turned On series? I I think so. And that doesn't surprise me because Tits and Sass for years has had pretty solid coverage of sex work. Yeah, Um, this is uh, Holly Marie at um, titsandsass.com. So shout out to Holly. Uh, doing some real good work over there. Uh, she did a two-part article on the uh, series. One is the subjects and one is the production. And the production is not quite as detailed. Um, but the subjects is. Now, what I thought was interesting, and I, I don't think I mentioned it on this podcast. Um, I don't think so. A, a year or so ago when um, – that shitty swimmer rapist fuck um, got a not at all what he deserved. Um, we here in California were very upset with that judge and wanted him ousted. And there was a uh, a woman's uh, event uh, held at uh, this bar uh, in Hollywood, thrown by the uh, former. Um, owner of uh, God's Girls, or at least the founder of God's Girls. And um, <clears throat> it was at that place that I got my neat little pin here that says, fuck rape culture. <laughs> so, and then I later met the woman who made those pins while I was wearing it. So, like many <laughs> months later. Uh, at any rate, um, at that event, I, I talked to uh, a girl who was on the production staff uh, in some capacity – like I think she might have been an executive, in fact, at some company that was involved with Hot Girls Wanted Turned On. This is after the documentary had been made, but before it was really announced that they were going to do a series out of the thing. And she had told me at the time because I I was I had a lot to say about the subject. <laughs> and weirdly, she wanted to listen to me because she didn't really get a chance to talk to people in the sex industry that often herself. And I was like, well, there's a lot of them here at this party I could introduce you to. <laughs> For some reason, she wanted my particular opinion. Um, it's so strange how that works. I mean, like, your opinion is not a bad opinion, especially because it's likely to be an aggregate of actual sex workers' opinions. But, like... Yeah, go talk to actual sex workers. Like, I can <laughs> summarize for you, absolutely. Yeah. So, during that conversation... This girl told me, uh, this lady, I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm demeaning her, but um, 
She told me, we bought the series away from Rashida Jones. She's not involved in any way whatsoever. We're trying to reboot it as a new thing, and she's not involved at all. And in this article, she's saying uh, Holly says all the women she talked to and all the sex workers she knows, they all said the same thing. I was told Rashida Jones was not involved in any way with this production. And then to find out, lo and behold, yeah, no, she's been involved the whole time. Why fucking lie about that? She, in fact, was the sole director of the first episode. Right. Like, the only credited director. Right. So, why lie about that? Why tell everybody she's not involved? That's right off the bat. Because if you're if you're <laughs> hiding that, you know there's something that you need to hide. You know there's a reason you're hiding it. The only thing that I could think of is that possibly she'd already packaged it as a TV series and, like, basically shot the pilot. But I haven't – I actually haven't paid enough attention to, like, the official production company response to all the – um, getting called out on the fucked up things they did. Um, so I'm, I wouldn't know if they've said anything about like specifically the timing of the sale or like what had been shot. Well, let, me, let me quote you a tweet from Rashida Jones on October, two, October 19th, 2013. This is on her Twitter account. It's an embedded tweet. So you could actually click and see that she did in fact write it with the blue check mark and everything. This week's celeb news tech takeaway, she who comes closest to showing the actual inside of her vagina is most popular. Hashtag stop acting like whores. Yeah. <clears throat> that doesn't bode well for the integrity of anything investigating sexuality, much less sex work. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So in other news, um, Kitty Stryker put together an anthology on consent that's coming out soon. Hmm. This is a video anthology, a uh, written anthology, uh... written anthology, like a like a book. Okay, cool. Also, a God's Girl. <laughs> yeah, it's called Ask Building Consent Culture. I like that. Um, do you yeah. know when it's coming out or anything? Um, I do not. I do not know that. I know that I read half of it and it was really good. Follow Kitty Shaker on Twitter and presumably she'll tweet when it's. Well, let me look her up. Is it all one word? I know it's S-T-R-Y-K-R. Bash back, maybe? Is that? That looks like her. Editor of Ask Building Consent Culture, October 2017. Oh, okay. So, as that gets closer, we will definitely have to have her on the show to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. I, I feel like I'm going to say a term, and you're going to know not only the term, but you seven books on the subject, and you'll quote the art authors. But. This is a thing I've never heard about before. Have you heard of hat pin panic? No. Oh, goody. Yay. This is a fascinating Twitter thread I found. 
And then I Googled around about it. And in fact, there's a book called The Hat Pin Menace, American Women Armed and Fashionable, 1887 to 1920 by Carrie Sigrave. Um, so more information in that book. I will read you the thread. This is fascinating. I think this is right up your alley. Starts with, has anyone ever heard of the hat pin panic? In the early 1900s, women wore giant hat pins to go with their massive hats. <clears throat> then one day, a woman on a train responded to a man's aggressive advances by stabbing him with her massive <laughs> pin. Apparently, unwanted and persistent advances from men were a regular occurrence in Edwardian times. Thank God the world's changed so much. Sarcasm. <clears throat> so a newspaper reports her as courageously defending herself, and suddenly it's socially acceptable to stab the shit out of these men with hat pins. <laughs> Obviously, the oh men God. at the time lost their damn minds but couldn't acknowledge it was because they wanted to be all gropey. So they started publicizing that they were a menace when in the hats themselves. And then there's a photo from like a newspaper pullout of a, of a man's entire body impaled on a hat pin. And the poll quote says, Growing danger in city crowds that places a startling list of accidents beside the long record of violent assaults committed with woman's deadly weapon. They tried to pass laws banning hat pins or curtailing their length, and in some places they were successful, but women largely refused to obey. Men also accused women of being too independent and that these heirs were causing men to approach them in the first place, which shows that prejudice and stupidity are at least consistent. Ultimately, these hat pins supported women's ability to travel alone, enhancing their agency. They could defend themselves. Women's voices and power to refuse were heard politically when the hat pin issue was de debated. And ultimately, hat pin panic represents an important but oft-forgotten moment in the history of suffrage. To finish, here's an amazing photo from a woman's self-defense manual from 1903. In the first frame, it shows a man approaching a woman from behind. In the second frame, it shows the woman turning around and going right at his face with the hat pin. Uh, finally, oh closing off, it says, and also when trying to detract from women's self-defense, one prominent man accused them of being petticoated swashbucklers, which is probably <laughs> the most ineffective insult and coolest feminist label I can think of. Uh, <laughs> Zerospaces.com. Petticoated swashbucklers. <laughs> Fascinating, right? <laughs> yeah. Why Why is there not more women's fashion that's also a weapon? Where did that go? <laughs> we got to bring that back somehow. Could we do a whole issue that's just like lady pirates? Yeah, sure. Lady pirates. And, and fashion as a weapon. You live in New yeah. York. Surely you know 300 people that make women's clothing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Just send them the hat pin panic thing and be like, fashion as a weapon? Question mark. That'll be Anybody? the new fall line. You watch. You watch and see, people. Ideas? Anyone? <laughs> There's an article from 2013 that I quite liked and you had already read called well, women, When Women Pursue Sex, Even Men Don't Get It, hearkening back to uh, our last episode with Buck Angel where we had a brief discussion on this topic but mitch i'd only read it because you sent it to me oh i thought you'd already i felt like no. when i said it you were like yes i remember this article oh okay yeah you'd already sent it to me okay well then rock on yeah so the the, the basics of the article are like it's kind of fascinating to think they were it talks about uh the mating lives of rats and how there's female rats are kind of overly uh, sexualized or something like this that 
researchers apparently will will stroke female rats' uh, clitorises, and uh, and if they stop, the female rats will like reach out and like grab their um, uh, their shirt cuff and be like, "Come here, keep doing that, please." Huh. And um, let's see, um, a German researcher. I think – no, wait. Hold on. Where is it? Oh, oh yeah. It was a, a German researcher by the name of Bergner. Uh, they had a – apparently made a – wrote a book uh, called – oh, yeah. That's right. It's in my Amazon fucking – it's been in my Amazon shopping list for about two years now <laughs> called What Do Women Want? Adventures in the Science of Female Desire. One of the fascinating things that she mentions is that when they were doing these studies on the sex drives of female rats, uh, her quote is, scientists fixated on what the rat female did in the act of sex, not what she did to get there. Mm. Which is, I think, that that's, you know, that's fascinating that nobody looked at other angles of the thing. So the article yeah. uh, posits essentially, you know, Female, uh, human, human women uh, <laughs> have similar struggles, I guess, insofar as men get concerned by aggressive women. And what, what have you have you found that to be the case? I'm going I'm to shut up for a little while. I'll let you go off on this. Um, I I haven't dated like a typical human in a very long time. Um. And I tend to be fairly blunt, um, but that plus, I guess, like the weight of my career tends to have kind of this stun effect mm. where like, I'm like, hi, you should take my phone number. And they're like, oh, yeah, fo- yes, yeah, I should do that. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, we should have sex now. And they're like, my penis is frightened. Um, <laughs> okay. So, I seem like I don't, I don't even, I, I don't even know. Um, right. So it's hard for you to relate on this level. <laughs> yes. I feel like. I feel like this is one of the places where it would be good to sometimes have guests that aren't aren't experts. Yeah. This would be a good discussion to bring up on a tour and bring a couple of couple of giggling gals up on the stage. Yeah. Have a round table with them. Yeah, this would be a really good place for that. So if you're in Chicago, or will be in Chicago, uh, June 23rd through the 25th. Come to Exotica. See a show. Apparently, Friday's free for ladies. Yes, it is. So do that. Come to the show. Come say hi. Come be a part of a roundtable discussion about sex and pursuing sex. Women pursuing sex. Yes. Here's me complaining. Do you want to talk about first world problems? But uh, <laughs> because of my um, 
I would say almost industry adjacent, even though whatever my industry experience and contacts and things of this nature, when I have found uh, adult actresses on um, dating sites, I I never know how to be like, hey, I know what you do and it's cool and I'm not I don't fetishize it, but I also am not going to judge you for it. Ah. Yeah. I, you know, have you, maybe you've tried it and it's gone strangely, but, um, (laughs) have you tried just like stating, Hey, I worked for like thus and such for a long time or I usually try to just not say anything, honestly, um, because yeah, I have in the past. It's like once or twice found somebody that like I kind of knew through like a series of people. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, hey, you know, I'm also friends with so-and-so. You know what I mean? Um, so we probably have some mutual friends, blah, blah, blah. And um, sometimes that goes okay. Sometimes they're kind of like, okay, you know, why are you telling me this kind of thing? Um, there was one, um, there's one adult actress, um, who, who's now like apparently quite, quite a bit more like of a thing, more popular and well-known and things like this. Um, but I saw her on OkCupid and I think she may have said hi to me first. I don't really remember, but we, we were like chatting on there back. They, they still do, I think have a live chat, but. I don't know if they still use it, but back then there was like a live chat thing that you could do one-on-one with somebody. And we had like a nice like hour-long chat about different things. And she didn't mention at all being in the industry or Mm -hmm. anything like that. She just talked about working from home and she was like, you know, I was like, what are you doing right now? And she was like, oh, I'm working on content and editing and things like this. And like I knew she was, you know, like I I know things. (laughs) So I was like, I know what you're saying, but I didn't want to be I, – I was like, well, I'd be outing her. Kind of, I, do I tell her I know what you mean? I do that too. Would that make it awkward with her? Would she be like, oh, crap, you know, he knows I do porn. He's going to have expectations, et cetera, et cetera. That's the concern I think. But it's, I would suggest like specifically just saying I worked on Vivid's web – stuff for some time a while something um right. who's with me in full sentences today <laughs> you're too high man too high <laughs> too, too much I'll, I'll give you i'll give you an example of of one that i'm not sure where to go with is on a dating site and or she was i don't know if she still is and I came across her profile like quite a few times and we were a really high match and I would have messaged her anyway. Mm. Um, and then it said – I think she made some mention in there of her adult work. But somewhere I think in the in the you should message me if section or something like that, some area where it was she, – she had said something like, if you know my work, I'd really prefer we don't talk or something like that. Something of that nature. Essentially, she was saying, like, if you're a fan, please, this is not, this is not about that. 
Like I'm a human, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it put me in this place where I'm like, well, I do know your work. I'm, I don't follow it. I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen it. I'm familiar with it. I mean, like specifically with her, you've worked on websites that license her work. So you could totally reach out and be like, hey. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, now I have, but I think this was, you know, this was like two years ago or something like that. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Also, if we air this, someone will just tag her. (laughs) Probably. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure at some point I'll meet her throughout our various adventures and I'll be like, hey, I used to see you on blank all the time. What would have been the correct fucking message to send you? Oh, yeah, that would be great. (laughs) That won't be awkward at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm good. Thanks. Actually, It's funny because I was looking. at. So maybe we bleep her name. I guess we are talking about her, I suppose. I don't want to I don't want to out the girl but again she's she's a human she goes on a dating site you know it happens yeah. does it she doesn't say her oh, you know it's a, it's a dating site you put a you make up a username you know what I mean fluffy pink bunny or some shit you know that's not her username but don't get excited oh I'm going to go find it oh my god I have no I, I cannot remember what her username is but the point is it was not like a human name and it wasn't her adult uh, name anywho um, there's quite a few when I was looking at the Exotica list there's like actually quite a few um, stars going to that that I've seen on dating sites or Tinder or things like this so yeah it'll be an awkward three days of of that conversation this is going to be hilarious for me (laughs) oh will it (laughs) I probably will not say anything. I might I might tell you. I might whisper to you. By the way, that's one of them right there. <laughs> you don't do any of the dating site stuff. No time, huh? I don't. Um, keeping up with like the work stuff <coughs> online is more than enough for me. Mm-hmm. And <coughs> even when you do say things like, Hey, this is private only, like not here to be an object, whatever. Um, enough people don't pay attention to that, that I suspect for me, it would quickly become like, just like, Oh, (laughs) he's like, it's one thing. It's one thing when it's like Twitter, like you log into Twitter expecting, but then like, like, I don't know when it's like a random email. Like I don't log into my email expecting like random objectifying, dehumanizing, whatever. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I've reported over the years. I've reported quite a few people who pretor- uh, pretended to be you on dating sites. <laughs> how like how did they think that was going to work? I don't know. That doesn't – that makes no sense to me at all. I am really – I would actually very much like to hear from someone that pretends to be me or some other adult performer on the internet. Okay. Yeah. 
I'll, let's put out a call for that. I feel like that would be really fascinating. Well, there was a there was a, a member on God's Girls who's kind of part of the staff. They put up the weekend sets and things. Um, and and they um, told me once about <clears throat> this was back in the Live Journal days, but I'm sure it happens on Tumblr now too. Um, that there was this whole thing where there were like communities of people who would pretend, but not really pretend to be someone else. They would sort of role play as that other person and have actual like relationships and stuff where it's like, oh, I'm, um, I'm Stoya and I'm dating Chris Hemsworth and somebody else is like, I'm, I'm going to be Chris Hemsworth in this thing. And they would exchange messages as those people and things like this. It was a very strange, I remember reading the little journal or a forum post about it. They made it sound like the most normal thing in the world. And I was like, what is this? I'm so curious about what that does for the people who do it. Yeah. And how many of the people that are following along those discussions are aware that they're both pretending. They didn't usually pick somebody as famous as Chris Hemsworth, but you'd be like, they specifically said that they pretended to be you a few times. So I was like, Hmm. Huh. Or they knew somebody, I think, who pretended to be you. But again, not not really pretending to be you so much as role playing as you in a weird sort of. That was- yeah, there's something about it that's kind of fascinating. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I was a kid, both of my parents, I'd be like, I have a question. And they'd go, you ask a whole lot of questions. It's really annoying. You can't tell a kid it's really annoying. Go look at a book. So my whole path to adulthood was just metaphor after metaphor after giant book after religious text after. <laughs> and eventually it all piles up and then I'm like, ah, why is everything so confusing? That explains so much. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I got such an insight into your entire psyche. That's going into the podcast. I'll, I'll fit it in there as like a non sequitur. <laughs> so, how was Helsinki? Oh my god, it was amazing. Um, so. I got there and you sent me that list of possible things to do or those couple of lists. Yeah. And then Steve. It's so difficult. It's so difficult, by the way. I don't mean to interrupt, but it's so difficult when somebody's like, hey, what should I do in a place you've never been? And I was like, ah, fuck. And I was like, all right, look for like awkward shit. And then I found so many lists. And the one that I ended up sending you the first three, I was like, oh, she'd be into these. The first one was like a library. The other one was like some like architecturally great church kind of thing. And then the other one was like a curios shop. And I was like, oh, who doesn't love a curios shop? So I was like, okay, hopefully this is the list because the first oh, three yeah. sound great. I don't know if the other 40 were any good. Sorry. So, so Steve was like, go see the rock church. 
I really think you should go see the rock church. And I was like, okay, fine. But the weather's really shitty out. And, and this is Steve Prue. Steve Prue, yeah. yeah. Team Rockstar. Um, and then Lulu DeVille, who's a burlesque dancer from Finland, was like, and remember, it can be beautiful to just walk around and look at the architecture. And then I got my period. Mm. Well, I already had my period, but my period sort of stormed the gates and I needed to do something about the sheet because I was staying in someone else's home. Mm. And it's, it's so nice to stay in someone's apartment instead of a hotel for me. Mm-hmm. But, but then when things happen, like blood on a sheet, then it was, so at that point I was like, okay, all right, plan. I'm going to walk that way and find a sheet store and then along the way, I was like, right, and the church is over there. And it's like <laughs> intermittently cold rain with hail Ooh. and clear skies. So like rain and hail for like 10 minutes and then clear up and be sunny and beautiful. And the fucking birds are chirping and it's like the beginning of a goddamn Disney movie. Um, and then here comes like the hard pellets of hail again. <laughs> Wow. I feel like I got the full the full Finland experience. Yeah, that was in in fucking June no, or late May, whatever. It's that's an awkward time to have hail. Yeah, um, we'll do that far north, and then <laughs> the Too sun. Sure. The first night, I was like, "Oh, the sun is finally going down. I should get ready to fuck." No, no, it's coming back up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, and that's did, what, I, midnight? Yeah, and I did the same thing every night, which was this like, okay, the sun is getting ready to go down. I need to be in sleep mode for the five minutes that it's dark so I can pass out, um, which was difficult, but it, it turned out okay. Um, and then once the festival had started, so it, it seems like, and I empathize with this deeply, they spend all winter like holed up in their apartments and it's freezing and it's dark and, you know, everybody's a little depressed um, or rather like the surroundings are depressed. So that can have an effect on people. Um, sure. I lived in Seattle for a year. I know what that's like. Yeah. And so then when it like when spring comes around and it's sunshine they're like go 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 like they want to like really live while it's light out yeah um, and it's it's just this whole beautiful community that really likes sex and sexuality and is very very concerned with fostering consent and making places comfortable for the most vulnerable um and that's that's beautiful and i feel like that's what we're trying to do with zero spaces is like an internet version um yeah i i that's when we talked about before uh, i said it sounded like it was a lot of like sex workshops and and speaking engagements and also there's a lot of orgies and you were like, yeah, it yeah. sounds like that as well to me. How was that? Is that a, is that basically 
and and without sounding like flippant about it, you know, because again, I said at the time that sounds awesome. Um, it's, it was basically like um, so the first day they spend a lot of time kind of installing the mechanisms of consent and boundary negotiation. Mm-hmm. So like you first show up and they're like, okay, so we're going to do these miniature workshops where we talk about consent and where we talk about, or where we practice touching people and et cetera. And then day two was like, um, was it day two? Uh, I don't know which day, <laughs> but Another one of the days was, um, like I did like the screening and then, um, oh no, I did the screening the first day. Yes. Okay. And so the second day was the bingo workshop and a bunch of other workshops. Um, and there's this woman, Christina Marlena from Germany who works with, she, she has a really solid background in energy work like body work mm-hmm. and also does these like very dynamic rope bondage scenes and things like that. Hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, usually when we see rope, it's this very methodical, like lay it, lay it, lay it, wind it, tie it, make it perfect. Um, and you, you know, for me, energetic restraint and sexuality is like that can be a dodgy zone for me. Yeah. So I, um, I sat in on her workshop and participated for probably about half an hour Mm -hmm. until I could feel on my insides. It was like, okay, yep. There's, there's my line. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go now. Um, And then when I did my bingo workshop, I started with the absolute terrifying truth, which is, hi, I'm Stoya. I have a condition called post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, Sometimes that means it's really hard for me to be in places like this, but here I am and I'm going to share things. And then other people came up and shared things. And then... um, then Christina asked way later why I didn't tell her my reasons for wanting to observe but be able to leave. And I was like, well, if I'd known that you knew where my landmines were, it would have been less of a challenge for me to go and be open to whatever's going to happen and like stand my ground or whatever. Um, and we had, we had like a beautiful hugging moment and <laughs> I like beautiful hugging <clears throat> moments. Ah, who doesn't love a good hug moment? I know. Right. Only and the best. Somebody taught me if you go this way with the hug, like if you lean towards your right, Mm-hmm. And it it lines up the heartbeats. Okay. So, like, 
if I don't know someone so much, I can hug them this way. Oh, to the left. I see. But then if it's someone I know, I can. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's fun. I mean, it it makes sense, but I, I feel like, I feel like I generally defer to hugging, uh, right, right leaning. I don't know. I mean, it's possible. I mean, I, I've absolutely hugged people left-leaning. Maybe that's a subconscious thing. I never really thought about it until now. But, like, I'm a, I'm a hugging kind of person. You know, I like – I'll hug a stranger. I don't care. Uh, you give good hug. What's that? You give good hug. Oh, stop. You're going to make me sound like some kind of hero. <laughs> no, um <laughs> – uh, but thank you. Uh, yeah, I, it's funny because I'm like, I'm like now thinking back on left leaning hugs and I'm like, maybe that was just a vibe or maybe they went for a left leaning hug and I felt we're like, why are we going this way? And maybe they did. I don't know. It's something that see now I'm never going to hug the same way again. <laughs> you know, I that's probably not true. I'll this forget this. This is what tomorrow. I do. You know, it's, it's like it's it's kind of fascinating. Christina does this. It's like so the hug, and then oh, she I'll grabs your shoulders and such, like this. Does the the shoulder uh, not grabs, but the she touches your shoulders and like then goes down your arms. Yeah, on, on, like on the way out of the. I was hug. Say, yeah, I was gonna say it's, at, it's, on release. Like, Oh, that's interesting. Back, shoulders, arms, and it's something about it being on the receiving end feels like, to me, like I'm being reminded that I'm solid. Yeah, no, that's a very, yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's an incredibly, like, uh, I, I, um, intimate sounds way too highfalutin for what I mean, but it's definitely like a, um, it is putting yourself out there to give that kind of hug. You know what I mean? It is. Because you're the same way that people are weird about giving compliments. It's like you're, you, you're putting yourself out there a little bit to say something polite and like not, uh, with no, um, uh, ulterior motive to just be like, your hair is lovely or something like that where it's like it can sound cheesy and it could go like a thousand different ways and 999 of them you look like a like you're really putting yourself out there by saying it you know but like you said said to the right person in the right moment like they're like wow thank thank you and it, like, it yeah. makes the whole thing worth it. So that that oh, kind of like release of a hug, I'm like, wow, that's really, really puts yourself out there. A couple months ago, there was, it was the saddest thing. This poor guy clearly had the flu mm-hmm. and clearly could not afford to miss work. So he was on the subway throwing up into a plastic bag. Aww. And we got out at the same stop. And so once we were up on the street, I was like, 
I just want to tell you, I hope your day gets better. And he looked so much happier. Oh, he cried definitely that night. Not not happy tears. He cried happy tears, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure that made his fucking day. Just hearing that, like, from, from, like, a stranger, like, listen, I get, I get it, you know? Like, yeah, like, I know you're having a hard time. Yeah. And I'm not, not like, I'm oh, not you gonna... fucking gross, you fucking throw it up, like, go home. Motherfucker, yeah, like, I gotta I'm, pay rent. I'm not gonna call out, like, what's that smell, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, look, we've all been there. Oh, you ain't never, you, didn't, <laughs> you ain't never fucking had the flu? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's never puked into a trash can on a public sidewalk? Come on. Maybe one of Okay, younger. I know. I'm, I'm no, no, I, I, <laughs> I certainly in New York, yeah, I'm sure. Uh just just by virtue of like you're on the sidewalk most of the time. In LA, you're not. There's not as much walking out here. I'm sure in New York that would absolutely happen to me. But yeah. you know, in LA you know, I, I and it's not. I'm not even saying I'm above it. I'm just like, hmm. I have the option to stay indoors more often. I think so. Probably yeah. I haven't, but you know. Now you you sent me a photo while you were in Helsinki uh, that I did not expect to see. Uh, where. Uh, it a very red, beaten ass, and I was like, I I knew you you had your tendency to play, but I was like in a public space and things like that. I didn't know you played so hard. I told you I was like, I'm very impressed. Look at you go. I didn't know you played so hard. So, what what led to that? Well, um, this this guy Motorman first he offered me a present. And it's a it's a blue handled flogger made of chains. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, yes, I actually I do want that. <laughs> but I'd like to see it in use first because you know I'd prefer to know what I'm doing sure, before I sure. go. Yeah. So um so they demonstrated on one of their partners like a whole whole spanking adventure, which collected quite the audience. Um, and then halfway through the bingo workshop, there was a question about BDSM and someone went and got Motorman and they came and they were like showing the implements and I put my hand up and I'm like, would you mind demonstrating on me? I'd like to do that. And so they did. And the the chain flogger particularly has this, if you just lift it and drop it, it just has this nice gentle thump to it. Mm-hmm. But then if you go harder, um, it's like the thumping feels deeper. And for me, my skin starts to tingle, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Um but yeah, I in in the middle of my workshop, I just stood there and took a fucking beating. And then at the end of that, I was like, and now I'm um 
tired, so (laughs) (laughs) maybe I should have waited until towards the end, but whatever, it's fine, and (laughs) it was great. My butt's mostly healed. I do have um, still just like a little scab. Okay. Well, that's not your butt. That's your abs, but still, I understand. Yeah. I and had a couple of things wrapped because um, we we played with all the toys. Did, and like, and did you end up getting to keep the chain flogger? I did. I have it in my bag. Sweet. All right. Yes. Cool. Yes. Bring that to Chicago. We'll talk about that for sure. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> and and a reminder to people out there: uh, Stoy and I will be doing uh, a series of live shows undetermined of how many or when exactly, but Exonica, Chicago, June 23rd through 25th, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, she will be there all three days uh, signing, and we're doing at least two shows? We're doing at least one show. Okay, at least one show. Yeah. We're still waiting on confirmation for others. Um, at least one, uh, live show. Um, and, uh, but if you're not in Chicago or even if you are, and you're not going to make it that weekend, doesn't really matter. Go to live dot zero spaces, Z R O spaces.com. Fill out the form. Let us know where you want to, where you want to, where you're at. And, and we'll, you know, if we get it, if we get it, you know, 30, 40 people in some tiny little town, it's like, well, shit, we could find a, a venue in, you know, that tiny little town and do a thing. I mean, 30, 40 people, we could do someone's living room. There's... True. Yeah, there you go. There's always a way to make shit work. <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. As they say. <laughs> And you are in uh, Belgrade, Serbia now. Belgrade. Oh, is yeah. it Belgrade? It's not pronounced grade because I'm a, a fucking it, lame American. That's it fair. depends. It's um, they can they can barely understand me here because I have mush mouth. Um. <laughs> well, that's like in Australia. I always thought it was Melbourne, and it's Melbourne. Yeah. Although, to be fair, the people who are saying Melbourne are Australian, which that's how they would say Melbourne. Melbourne. Kinda. Melbourne. Oh, here you are in Melbourne. Melbourne, Australia. And you're like. Oh, the Bogans. That's so, what they call rednecks. Be- Begrid. I don't know. I, I don't know what a Serbian accent. You know, when I like really get rolling on talking about something and my L's start to get all thick. Uh huh. That's where that comes from. Oh, all right. Ah, right, right, right. Okay. I one day I'll have to I mean I'm sure, yeah, if I spend like a weekend there, I'd be like, right, there's that accent. Right, got it, cool, got it. Uh I I I've been working on my New Zealand accent lately, so you know, that's even though we don't have any plans for New Zealand coming up, but still. I really want to go to New Zealand. I've never been, and there's an adult store owner there who is Serbian, 
And I just need enough people who want us to come to New Zealand to justify two plane tickets. Come on, Auckland. Get off your ass. I No, I absolutely. In the same way, like I so desperately want to go to New Zealand. Yeah, that would be so cool. And also, of course, I, 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 I'm hoping that at some point there it would just be make my life if I could just like if I can get my New Zealand accent down to where I could walk into a shop just like even if it's a convenience store and talk to the clerk as if I just moved to the neighborhood and like he wasn't like where are you from I'd be like fucking yeah nailed it you know you gotta watch a whole lot of uh, uh, Flight of the Concords but still I could, I'll get there I'll find a way um, yeah, so you're in you're in vacation mode now over there in Serbia. Have you been on any, have you been on the tabloids? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, they're they're very nice with me here. Like they're they're gentle. They don't I don't feel under threat of invasion. Um, okay. Do what? Okay. I mean, that's great. I'm just also... Who's honking? Is that my end or your end? Right. I think it's my end. Um, yeah, no, that's great that you don't feel in the threat of invasion. And I'm also... I've never... Where do you feel that way? The United States. Oh. Oh, a different kind of invasion, I guess. I don't know. Yes, yeah. Well, over here in the U.S., um, we're all just sort of wondering why Comey's testimony was not enough to do anything Aww. to put away the Cheeto. Mussolini. God damn it. But, um, Cheeto Mussolini? Yeah. Cheeto yes. Mussolini. I, I, I still yes. prefer to call him the drumster fire wherever I can, but... Um, and I refuse. I, I continue to refuse to capitalize his name whenever I type it. Um, and he and he ruined a perfectly good word that, like, you know, I was like, "Well, this trumps your blank." It's like I almost don't want to use that ever again because, like, yeah. I don't want to make that seem like it's a good thing. No. You know, being that it's not really his last name, it's actually Drumpf, but whatever. Anyway. Um, really? Yeah, that's the whole thing. Is that his family is actually the D R U M P F Drumpf. So, uh, any you saw the Lorelai Lee tweet? I, I I still feel like I'm saying her name wrong. Hopefully, Lorelai Lee is correct. Um, uh, she tweeted out Open Society Foundations uh, dot org. Uh, uh, organization, um, Open Society Foundations organization that have a, a a a prominent article and explainer it's in their explainers series uh, called "Understanding Sex Work in an Open Society." And when she tweeted it out, specifically said like, "I couldn't even imagine ten years ago seeing this headline on not." a site for sex workers. And this is yeah. a foundation run by Judge George Soros. And it's a very informative article, like surprisingly 
and I, you know, we've talked before about like, well, nobody wants to be the pro sex worker politician, et cetera, et cetera. This article lays the foundation and the talking points and the tone for that kind of conversation in politics. I have two things to say about this. Please. It's about goddamn motherfucking time already. Mm-hmm. And thank fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so the, the – do you feel like this is – it's interesting because the, the way that it presents the information is very, like – um. Without at risk of sounding uh, like I'm saying it's ineffective, and and that's not what I'm saying. It's it's very sterilized. Like it's not it's not uh, asking a lot of the public to understand and things like that. It's very like um, uh, uh, digestible. Like the first headline on the page is "Who are sex workers and why use the term sex work rather than prostitute?" Like. It's a very good primer, you know. So, I wonder do you, do you think this will um I mean, I don't know if it'll have the effect of like really ushering in that discussion, but at least opens the door to it chips away. It helps chip yeah, away. There you Anything go. that helps chip away is beautiful and precious and should be encouraged and protected in my opinion right now. Um I just sent you something about aftercare when leaving like a really intense magical BDSM scene. Dealing with the drop is the title of the article. Yeah. It's got a very like stoic philosophy to it. The Stoics, their whole thing was how to genuinely grin and bear it. Whatever it is. So Uh like, When you're leaving your home, remember, you don't control things outside your home. Strange things will happen. Some of them will be uncomfortable. Accept that. And it's it has a very similar philosophy in that piece. I liked it. I will I will definitely have to give a more thorough read. I'll link it in the in the show notes for sure. I will say, I mean it's not on the same level, but there's a vulnerability to uh, the dominant side uh, between the certainly between like dirty talk or like taking command or or taking charge and things like that and and uh, rough play in general. If you're a fucking not a psychopath. Um, <laughs> there is, there's a vulnerability on that end because of like, you could come off sounding and looking and seeming like just a total asshole or like somebody who's so insecure that you're shouting commands because you don't know how to, uh, deal with possible rejection, you know what I mean? 
I mean, there is that yeah. rejection. That is the thing of like being dominant. Like I couldn't, I can't do like um, remote doming. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like online or, you know, via text message and stuff like that, because it's very, you know, there's no, there's no real way to, to actually dom when you have no, when you don't have any physical interaction. You know what I mean? You'd be like, hey, today don't masturbate or whatever, you know, or like edge yourself for 10 minutes, you know. And you're just like, I hope they do that, you know, as opposed yeah. to like tying somebody up and then edging them yourself. Um, but even still, yeah, there, there's a there's a vulnerability there where you're also kind of putting trust in them that they look at you in a dominant way. And it's much worse to try way too hard to be dominant than it is to not really know what you're doing as a sub. Yes. Yeah. Where's this hiccups come from? I was about to say, I was like, was that a laugh or a hiccup? It was both. Hold on. You're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not. I know oh it's the it's the, you're I supposed to scare so people when they're then they have Mitch, hiccups. Mitch, Mitch, I totally jerked off an airport security guard in the Berlin bathroom. All right, why you now? Now I have to hear a story. <laughs> Was this during your travels recently? <laughs> yeah, this is connecting from Helsinki to Belgrade. My flight was delayed and I was like, so I was like headed to the gate and then I was like, I don't need to smoke. I'm just going to go to my gate. And I got to the gate and then they're like, it's delayed for another 45 minutes. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to have to smoke. So on my way out, picked up this German airport security dude. Now, how do you, how are you, what's your, what is your definition of picking up? I'm. I mean, like, I was walking, and he followed me, and then was like, I will take you outside to smoke. And I was like, thank you. And then he took me back in, and he was like, you know, the bathroom's a great place to smoke, too. And I was like, I'm bored. I'll bite. (laughs) We ended up in the family bathroom, and I just gave him a fucking hand job. Kudos to you. This is the sound of me clapping. But then I had to wash my hands and he was like, what? And I'm like, well, I'm going home to Serbia, so I don't want to bring any weird DNA with me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I got to say, regardless of flying or anything else like that, somebody washing their hands after a hand job would not be like I wouldn't even question it. Like, of course certain, you do. Right? I wash my hands after jerking off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's my own jizz, and I still am like, ah, let me let me give it a quick wash up. So, you know. That's good. I'm glad the hand jobs are still a thing. The the fine art of hand jobs, I, I swear to God, like it feels like nobody's into hand jobs anymore, but I I still enjoy them. There was something really fun about it, and he had pretty highly developed pelvic floor muscles. Okay. 
So, like, he was working the head mostly, and I was just all up in there in the undercarriage like this. Okay. All right. That's good. Yeah. It's a, a team exercise. I know. <laughs> you realize no one's ever going to believe him. I know. Although, you know, now that it's on the podcast, maybe. <laughs> He's like, no, she talked about it on the podcast. I swear to God. It's a real thing that happened. And they're like, you mean that happened to fucking Steve, not you? Or what? I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> you mean you saw that in a porno? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, no, but they talked about the podcast. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the Berlin airport. I told you it happened. Then they talked on the podcast. And they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, no, you heard about it from your coworker. Uh, yeah. ah, I mean, damn it. I didn't tell him my name, so. Right, well. I gave him my legal name, not my real name. Right, right, right. I'm, I'm Years down the line, he might see something and be like, wait a minute, she looks familiar. I know that hand. I'd recognize that hand anywhere. <laughs> There's a thing I've heard about recently with and, – and and I feel kind of bad that I only heard about it recently where there's this uh, – there's on a podcast between Allison Williams and Pete Holmes. Allison Williams, uh, Brian Williams' daughter, she was the girl in Get Out and also on Girls. She was the you know the hot friend, if, whatever you want to call her. Um, and she was talking about um, male celebrities – whether they're like in a band or an actor or something like that, sleeping with, uh, you know, female admirers. And she said that was an imbalance of power and a, a um, she wouldn't, I don't think she went so far as to, to, to make an analogy to statutory rape, but kind of along that mental line. Yeah. If, if I had met this person in a situation where it was like, hi, I'm Stoya, mm-hmm. huge fuck porn star, been doing it for over a decade, like American brand name whore, then I feel like even though this guy, like he's the one who knows the airport, he's the one who works there, he's larger than I am, I, I still would have felt like, oh, this is maybe a little, maybe a little balanced in my favor. There's so many factors that have to go into like who actually has more leverage in a situation. But because it was just like, hey, you're cute and you like smoking and I like smoking and I want a hand job, then like that that felt perfectly okay to do. Like if we'd gotten in trouble, I would have been just like, eh, oops. Right. But wouldn't he, but he was kind of in a position of power just by virtue of the fact that he worked there and was a security guard. So technically if you had done something untoward, he would be the guy to, you know, put you in cuffs or something like that. Is that not an imbalance of power there? I mean, I, I, I'm asking not, Leading I questions, feel, you know. I feel in this particular case, all of the power was about balanced. Okay. All right. But like, if I if I were a different sort of woman, 
then it would have been far too much leverage on his part. And this is, this is an off like, Oh, go ahead. What I'm, what I'm saying is, gosh, I hope he's not leading small women into bathrooms to get jerked off every day because like, for (laughs) me, it was a fun party, but You felt like that was like his his thing, like I his. Just, I, I hope it isn't his mo. Right, right, right. Okay. Is it is this related? Is this not related to? But is this is this kind of like how you're saying that when we're on the road, I'm not allowed to sleep with anybody under twenty five. Kind of. Okay. Yeah, and I told I told Brad the same thing. I was like, Brad, you. If you're gonna if you're gonna come do this, like I don't care how hard they throw themselves at you, you cannot fuck the talent. Am I not allowed to fuck the talent either, or do they just have to be twenty five? They they just have to be like functioning adults. Um, okay, so he's you know. just no talent, and I'm talent above twenty five. Yeah. Okay. Just as long as I got that out in the open. And you know, you realize that you realize that's also. I mean, already now when I'm looking at dating sites and I'm like, t- like on Tinder, okay, Cupid or something, I'm like, she's 23. You know, <laughs> it's like affecting me now. I'm like, okay, fine. You've cut my prospects in half, but that's all right. <laughs> it's for the best. The 18-year-olds need to be playing with young boys. Okay, I'm not, not talking about 18. I mean, not like young, young. Not young, young, but... Yeah, no, but I, I mean, 18, yeah, okay, I'll go with you. But, like, if I can meet them at a bar for a drink, I'm like, oh, that's fairly right. My fucking nieces are 18. I mean, that's... This is how it works. I say 25, and you end up going down to 22, and everything's fine. That's... But if you say 23 and I'm like, what about 18? You're like, well, no, hold on. Exactly. And with Brad, I'm like, don't you fucking dare. And then he'll be very careful. Right, right. I see. I got it. Are are you ready to play? Soon to be an audience favorite game. Stoya tries to figure out popular culture. Or um, it's sort of a pop quiz, a pop culture pop quiz, where I tell her the title of a film or TV show, and she tries to tell me what it's about, having never seen it. Some of the titles may surprise you at home, but come as no surprise to me. <laughs> Pixel's excited. Okay. Look at him. I can't see him. Oh, yeah, no, he's ready to roll. Yeah, Yeah, he's ready to rock. Okay, back to the future. There's a guy who later had ALS? Oh, no, no uh, he... Oh, Jesus, why can't I remember? Uh, I know what you're saying. There's, there's a car that looks like a Hot Wheels car. Okay. And they, they travel in time. Okay. Have you have you not seen it? I don't think so. Okay. I may have sat in a room with parts or all of it. All right. 
But if I did, I was not paying attention. I'd say you're. I'd say yeah. That's that's pretty close. I'd say that's pretty close. Um. Yes, uh, Michael J. Fox, and it's uh, why can't I remember what he has? It's the shaking one. Parkinson's. Uh, maybe. I think it might be Parkinson's. Yes, correct. Yes. Okay. Nicely done. Um, Yeah, uh, he plays a character named Marty McFly, and uh, he and um, uh, Christopher Lloyd. Old scientist guy. Yeah, Doc Brown. Uh, Go on a madcap adventure through time, essentially. Um, Happy Gilmore. You asked about this last week, and there is not a penguin. No, no. You're thinking of um, uh, Billy Madison. Does he go back to school? That's Billy Madison as well. Is he football adjacent? Sports adjacent. Sports, sports adjacent. Sports related, yes. The football one is Waterboy. And he's not the devil. No, that's little Nicky. Right. I don't think I've seen this. Surprised I know this many Adam Sandler films. <laughs> I don't think I've seen this. This is the golf one. He's a golfer. Well, he's a hockey player, but he's not very good at hockey, but he hits really hard. So then a guy says, you should probably be a golfer if you hit really hard. All I can think of is the porno about Tiger Woods. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Of course that's all you can think of. Oh, I love this game already. Uh, it's little Nikki in the Tiger Woods porno. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like he's like a business manager. I think that starred Tyler Knight, who wrote a really great memoir about being a male performer. Oh, okay. Shout, yeah. shout out to Tyler Knight then. And and being a male performer while black. Um, this is going to be a tough question for you because you know both of them, but there has been some debate amongst some, uh, sex worker friends of mine of who the new it boy in porno is Owen Gray or Mickey Maud. See, (laughs) they did this thing. With female porn stars, sort of like this, like Highlander, like there can be only one, like so and so is the new thus and such. Mm. Um, and that's really annoying for a number of reasons. Like it puts a it puts a lot of pressure on one person, like whatever. Um, I think I think they're both great. I also know I've heard. Good things about Lance Hart. Hmm. Not familiar with that. And I've I've heard good things about Owen. I've only worked with Mickey, but Mickey's phenomenal. Um, That's I've only heard good things about both of them, but 
Um, I thought you had worked with Owen Gray. My bad. No. <clears throat> well, there you go. Bucket list. Yeah, I'm like I should probably get around to it at some point. But first, we got to get the website built and all the legal documents done. But we can hire a photographer, videographer now to complete a job. Oh, yeah, true. Very useful. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> the Big Lebowski. I've seen this. You have? Okay. That's, that that's surprised me. Yeah, there's the dude and the milk and the bathrobe and the um, – the two guys in the rug or maybe it's more than two guys and then there's the woman who makes like art porn and there's something about bowling I think and the whole movie's about bowling oh okay well not really about bowling it's just bowling throughout the entire film okay there's there's a lot yeah no it's a very difficult one to sum up injury. I was just thinking I figured there's no way you had ever seen it. So I'm amazed that you have. But that's good. It's a great film. Cohen Brothers. Gotta love them. What is it about the person's fingernails? Oh, toe. It's a toe. Oh. Gremlins. Last one. Don't feed it after midnight. Okay. You've seen that one. Or you just know that rule. <laughs> I saw like part of it on TV in the middle of the night when I was like 12. <laughs> You're like, I just know you don't feed it after midnight. Yeah. I think whoever, I think whoever wrote gremlins had cats is all I'm thinking. Probably. Yeah, like don't definitely. get it. Don't get it wet. Don't feed it after midnight. And it doesn't like uh, bright lights. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it's, and if you do any of those things to it, it will destroy all your shit. Yeah, that's cats. Yeah, that's exactly. It's cats. Well, that was fun. There you go. If you have more suggestions for pop culture pop quiz, things that the the average person in, in America would have seen probably a hundred times, she probably has not seen. So that, that's what you got to think about. Use these as examples. And we'll quiz Stoya. On a plane one time, either headed to Europe or headed home from Europe, I watched Magic Mike on repeat the entire way. Wow. Yeah. How did you – is that your aesthetic? Are you into dudes like that? No. Okay. I kind of thought you were – weird. I, I almost thought you were going to go, I am now. <laughs> No, I have a thing about musicals, and it was like sort of the next best thing. Oh, okay. I didn't know you were yeah. a musicals person. Okay. Hmm. What's your favorite musical? Chicago. Okay. Do you think the movie did a good job? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because you want it to be like different from a stage show. Yeah. I think they kept the stage show feel to it really well. Like it didn't feel they, like a normal movie. They did like things the with the stage show aesthetic that you could only really have done in a movie. Yeah. yeah. Which I approve of. And I feel like Baz Luhrmann does a good job of that as well. 
notes. Is there anything else you want to bring up? I think we got it in the can, as it were. No, I think that's it. Uh, we do need to yet again remind people to go to live.zerospaces.com. That's zero spelled out Z-E-R-O spaces.com. And fill out the form. Let us know where to go. Where do you want to see a tour? Where are you? We'll come out. And subscribe to the podcast network channel. What's it? Um, you can just say subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Oh, subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Rate it. Rate it on uh, iTunes. That helps a lot. If you go Rate it as good. Yeah. Or like great. These, these two are awesome. Yay, go them. Remember that all of the links we talked about on this episode are available on the episode page on Riffopolis. You can reach it at rawfunny.com, where you can also send us uh, comments and messages and uh, topic suggestions in a private message so no one else sees what you're saying. While you're at it, why don't you hop over to the iTunes podcast store and rate us... uh, rate us five stars or or however many stars you think is appropriate anyway we'll catch you guys next time <laughs>